on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Oh, yeah, it's US Open Week. G'day, everyone. Welcome to the clubhouse. Great to have your company. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here. Marco, majors are back. Yes. Controversially, they're back. Yeah. Oh, you've come in. No, US Open's a ripper. We love it. Absolutely love it. When the world's best get to play for a tournament like this, the Mm. 117th, I think it's the second oldest golf tournament in the whole world. I think it is. Maybe the US Open... Uh, the Open Championship's the oldest. But this one's got to be close to either the second oldest or third oldest or fourth. It's it's something. But when the best players get together and you've got history on a trophy mm. like they have, then it is fantastic. It is brilliant. Unfortunately, oh. the USGA oh, hang on. are possibly <laughs> the stupidest organisation, in my view, in the whole world. They're just... Well, they're just pathetic. The what they dished up. The stupidest organisation in the oh, whole world. Oh, they're so dumb. I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, write it down. They're, in my view, they are just dumb. I mean, they've had the Anna Norquist situation at the U.S. Open, mm-hmm. where she moved two grains of sand and a supersonic, super slow mo. Um, you know, zoomed in and saw two grains of sand moved, and they did that to the poor girl. And took just took the tournament away from her. Old Anna Nordkvist. That's her. Took the tournament. That was dumb. Uh, Dustin Johnson last year. That was so stupid last year. He did not cause the golf ball to move. Yep. We all know he didn't cause the golf mm-hmm. ball to move. And somehow they interpreted with the rules that he caused the golf ball to move. Then they've come out and changed. They've done one thing. They came out and changed that rule, which they knew they completely stuffed up. Yep. But when you get the best players in the whole world together, mm. <laughs> where something as important as the US Open is on the line, you can't dish up the rough that they dished up at the start of the week. Yep. On Monday, it was a disgrace. Mm. Can I tell you this? When the rough is that long, it's more penalizing than if every fairway was flanked by water hazards yeah. down the way. Because at least where there's a water hazard, if you fly it into a water hazard... Yep. Let's say it's 200 metres it crosses the water hazard line. Mm. Then you walk down 200 metres. Put your ball down. Two club lengths, take a drop, and you continue playing. No danger of losing your ball. No danger of slowing down the field. Mm-hmm. No danger of making golf stodgy. Yep. But when you have rough like this, <laughs> and all over the golf course they have rough like this, they better have spotters, 10, on every single oh, hole. At more than that, 10 on each side. Either side. <laughs> so they better have 20 spotters on every single hole trying to make sure that these guys don't lose a ball. Because if they lose a ball, they've got to go all the way back. Yep. So provisionals will be hit all week, yep. which is a nightmare. Oh. Well, carry a lot yeah. of balls in your bag, I tell you. Some of the spotters, <laughs> and this happens a lot in golf, yeah. the spotters will say, I've got it. So they, they see the ball go in, they go, I've got it. And they tell the player not to hit the provisional because I've got your ball. Guess what happens? They get up there Not because the there's been a thousand practice rounds. They've found someone else's golf ball. And the pro goes, oh, that's not my ball. So then they have a quick look, five minutes worth. Yeah. And then that player's got to go all the way back. So it slows golf down. We're going to see. Oh, oh, they're they're off yeah. their heads. Yeah. They keep on making. Like, you would think after the things that have happened in the last couple of years in USGA events mm-hmm. that they would make sure 
that this wasn't ever going to take place. They've just stuffed it up again. You, you saw the Twitter stuff and the Facebook oh, stuff. Oh, the social stuff was great. Yeah, <laughs> loved it. All making Lee fun. Lee Westwood's caddy just, yeah, just all, pushing all, through the... Uh, yeah, all making fun of the USGA. The now, all making fun of them. It's I just brilliant. This. I love this article, golfchannel.com. What have they done? It was uh, the lead story. Yeah. Quote, The Masters has its own soundtrack. The iconic Augusta tune with its tinkling piano and strings. Well, the US Open has a theme too. Yeah. Whining. <laughs> is that right or is it fair enough? No, it's absolutely right. Now, look, some players who have turned up, they've got their head in the game and they just want their name on the trophy. There are, there are other players who know that it's unlikely that they're going to get there. They're the guys who have put their hand up and just laughing yeah. at the USGA. So Jason Day, Rory McIlroy, Adam Scott, probably earlier in the week, just had a teeting talk about the Aaron Hill setup. He just was speaking about US Open setups in general. Those guys have got their head in the game and we get it. It's the players who are a step back who know they can't win. They're the ones who are having a whine about it. And so they should. I'm glad they did. And people like me, other golf commentators right around the world, they are laughing at the USGA. You saw what Kevin R did. Mm. He he did this little video. If you haven't seen what Kevin R did, he did a little video on his iPhone or whatever phone he's got. He threw a ball in the rough, just threw it in from three metres, and you couldn't find it. Mm. He found it because he's you know right on top of it, got his lob wedge out and had a crack at it, didn't move the ball. Didn't come out, didn't go anywhere. <laughs> and then he couldn't find that ball. <laughs> so you can have a situation yeah. where oh, it's just, it's, it's mind-blowing. So, Did you see Beef, before you get off the video, did you yeah. see Beef Johnson when he was yeah. a couple of practice and he was swinging it and he pulled the ball out of his pocket and just yeah, locked it right. up because yeah. it was the only way to get it out. Beautiful. From the, yeah, we did that from, <laughs> he was on a downslope. <laughs> Look, yeah, the bunkers are a different situation. But, you know, when, when you turn up to a golf course like this, if you have rough like that, it sh there should be a hazard line. Mm. Now, down the track, they're going to be um, penalty areas. And there'll be a red line penalty area and there'll be a yellow line water hazard area. In my view, down the side of every single hole, because of the rough is so thick, that there needs to be a hazard line down both sides of every fairway on the golf course. Right. And that's pathetic. Yeah, that's not what golf's mm. about. That That's just crap. One of, the, one of the great things in golf, one of the best things in golf, is recovery. Yeah. It's the most exciting. Yeah. Phil Mickelson hits a six iron from the pine straw on the 13th of Augusta through trees. Mm -hmm. didn't, have a, didn't have a follow it's through. It's the one you remember. It's exciting. Tiger Woods recovers from the back of 16 and it ends up going in the hole. Yeah. The hook shot that Bubba Watson played mm -hmm. at Augusta in the playoff to beat Oosthuizen, the yep. big one. Recovery is the most exciting part of it golf. Yep. When you see rough like this, it takes that aspect out of the game. Now, in saying that, Jules, mm -hmm. I like US Open setups. I like the Open Championship so setups in the past. How it's different it's fantastic. Works. It works yep. in golf. It does. It just works four times a year or three to really just twice a year. US Open. And uh, the Open Championship, it just it works beautifully. Mm. But the PGA, you know, we see, you know, I think when Jason Day won the PGA as a record score in the major, shot twenty on the par. I don't want to see that either. No. Yeah, we want we want to see tough golf courses. Well, four of the last six years, even par's been the winning score of this tournament. Mm. Yeah. Well, look, that's probably about right. Yep. But there are different ways of doing it. And yeah, you know, you know, weather. There was weather last year. 
They didn't have the soft setup because it was so wet last year. People forget that. If they didn't have that, it would have been a five or six over winning score. I think when Jeff Ogilvy won, he won with three over or four over, maybe even five over par. Now, I think that's probably going too far. But you've just, they've just got to somehow tweak the golf course to where it's not stupid. Does that make? I get you. I get right. you. You yep. can't. You can't have a situation where people. And, then, and by the way, from one side of the fescue yep. five to over the other over side over. of the fescue, was it five, five over? over. Yep. From one side of the fescue to the other side. So from right to left, fescue to fescue, it's about fifty-five meters, sixty yep. yards is what they're saying. So it's about fifty-five meters. Mm. That's a big channel to hit yourself down. Yeah. But with wind and no trees, yeah, you know, players are going to hit the ball offline. Mm. That is a fact. It, it, just the way the go- yep. game is played. But they shouldn't lose their ball when there are no trees around and no water hazards around. Yep. That just shouldn't happen because, like I said before, then they have to go all the way back to the tee. The spotter goes, I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> Not your ball. You know, <laughs> Jason Day goes down there and goes, hey, mate, I don't play Callaway. I'm yeah. a tailor-made player. Yeah. Come on, mate. Then they look for his ball. Then they don't find it. Then he's got to go all the way back. The USGA, they should be ashamed of themselves. In my view. Contrary view to that, yeah. Rory McIlroy yes. came out scathing yep. this week. Yep. And he said, really, they're cutting it back. This was the rough after yep. the decision was made to cut, I think, four of the holes. The yep. rough back on four of the holes yep. after, well, some people yep. said after all these social videos yep. came out. Yep. He said, we've got 60 yards of fairway from left to right. Yep. You've got 156 of the best players in the world. Yes. If we can't hit it within that avenue, you might as well pack up your bags and go home. I love Roy McIlroy, and his head is in the game. Mm. He's here to win, mm. and I love it. And possibly, he's one of the best hitters of a golf ball we've ever seen. Yep. So, I like what he's saying. But give Rory 30 years and tell him to come and sit in my seat. <laughs> that the, the, the way the course is set up probably suits about 10 blokes. Yep. But it, it's not conducive to the golf that we want to see entertain people. Yep. And that's the most important thing. The game has got to entertain. Otherwise, there's no money in golf. Mm. And Rory will understand that when he's finished trying to win the big tournaments because that's the mindset of a champion. What he said at the start of the week, mindset of a champion, and that's how they every player should be. But I think you'll find that most of the guys in my seat and Mm -hmm. your seat, they look at the setup of the golf course and just shake their head once again. There's nothing wrong with long rough or rough where the players have got to hack the ball out. There is an issue when you can't find your golf ball in rough. Yep. That's the issue because there's no hazard line down the side. That's right. And what it does is it turns golf into a six-hour game. Don't be one. Don't be surprised, Jules, mm. with the wet rough and the lightning and uh, the toughness of the golf course. Don't be surprised one bit if from first shot off the first tee to the last time the ball drops in playing hours, we see six-and-a-half-hour rounds in the U.S. Open. That's extraordinary. Now, that's great. For Rory, who hits the ball like a dream. But it's really bad for the rest of us who love the game and want to see the game played at its optimum peak-type levels Mm. twice a year. So they've gone too far. They've stuffed it up. Fingers crossed Mm -hmm. the best player wins this week. Fingers crossed. They always do. I shouldn't say that. But fingers crossed... Fingers crossed that this isn't what we're all talking about on Monday, Tuesday, or even Wednesday, our time, when this tournament finishes. Mm. 
imagine if that happened. Oh, mate. <laughs> it could happen. With it the weather could. the weather forecast. Yeah. Well, uh, rain well, it's, and lightning. Lightning is the one. I, found it, I find it interesting you talk about golf is there to entertain, Marco. Mm. The great golfing movie, Happy Gilmore, was on yes. during the week. Yes. And you've got Shooter McGavin saying he's a disgrace to golf. And yes. you get the PR lady and, you know, and they're <laughs> saying, this is what golf needs. We're trying to entertain golf to the younger audience and make it more exciting yeah. and bring in new sponsors and yeah. this younger crowd who need, you know, different yep. sort of entertainment. They'll be doing, they'll doing that back in 1960 as well, I promise you. If we get games of golf, like you're saying here, that are going to take five, six hours. People are losing their golf ball. It's impossible to play. It's impossible to play well. Mm. If we get golf courses that are set up like this, Marco, locally, people yeah. aren't going to want to play. Is no. it a bad example that the pinnacle of US golf, yeah. other than the Masters, obviously, yeah. which is completely separate, but if this is the pinnacle of US golf, shouldn't that be the prime example for the rest of the golfing landscape? Yes, it should. And you are correct. And, you know, the reason they've gone there in Hills this week, it was purpose-designed for a U.S. Open. So it's 7,000 metres long. Mm. <laughs> in the old days, Jules, in the old days, if your golf course was considered a championship golf course, it probably needed to be around 7,000 yeah. yards long, which is only 6,300 metres. Mm -hmm. So these days, like a championship course, Royal Melbourne Composite, just clicks over 7,000 yards. Yeah. Uh, Huntingdale Golf Club, just below 7,000 yards. Metropolitan Golf Club. These are iconic Australian Open venues, by the way. Or not Huntingdale, but Australian Masters venue. Um, Metropolitan, mm -hmm. clicks over 7,000 yards. Right in the ballpark. Yep. If you've ever played any of these golf courses on a middle day or in a tournament day, this golf course they're playing this week, it's not going to be played at 7,800 yards long. It won't be. They'll, they'll bring it down. But it'll be 600 yards meters longer than metro from the backs 600 meters longer than royal melbourne yeah composite from the backs so what's that 600 divided by 18 blah, 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 blah. let's say it's about 40 meters yeah. so just go to every single back tee at and i'm talking about the backbacks kingston heath's another one just over seven if you played kingston heath just go to every master's tee at kingston heath and go back another 40 steps that's what they're playing this week Extraordinary. It's extraordinary. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And this is what they've had to do. So this all goes back to the ball, Jules. Everything goes back to the ball. I accept that titanium's here to stay, and I think titanium has been fantastic for the game. Mm -hmm. What I do not accept is that they are the development of golf balls, and it's it's you watch what on the back of every less spin, mm. more control around the greens. That is the catchphrase for every golf ball. That has been sold for probably the last ten years when they really understand. Back in the, yeah, twenty years ago, more length, better feel around the greens. Yeah. Now less spin, but around the greens as much spin as you ever got. So they are designing missiles to be hit with titanium clubs. So my view is, if we can control the spin, so you can have a TP5 and a TP5X, or a Pro V1 mm -hmm. and a Pro V1X, or the Callaway equivalent or the Strixon equivalent, they've all got the capability of making golf balls spin as much as they like. So let's get the USGA, the stupidest organisation in the world, That's what you in said. my view, and the RNA, who aren't too far behind Ooh. on this issue <laughs> with the ball. Yes. And let's just go, okay, test every golf ball made and make sure that the spin rates are akin to something of 1990 yeah. or 1980 with the old Ballada ball. They can do it. 
They can absolutely do it. So that you know what happens then? So if Dustin Johnson doesn't want to hit... Because once upon a time, the low riser, yeah, it was almost, uh, you know, it was a real feather in your cap if you could hit something you know, low and get the rise. Yeah, yeah. That's poison these days. You don't want any rise in the drive whatsoever. You want the, If the ball doesn't spin, then it doesn't rise. Mm. And if the ball doesn't spin, it's like a missile. But if you make the ball spin for Dustin Johnson, so you, you, you cap his ball. So and, and by the way, I use a TP5. Mm-hmm. Someone who hits a little bit further than me will hit a TP5X. Mm-hmm. But someone like Dustin and Jason, I wouldn't be surprised if they've got the double X ball. Yeah. But they're not even telling us. You know, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if their ball doesn't spin even more because they hit the ball so hard with the wedges and the nine irons. They can make this ball spin. You know, these guys get brand new clubs pretty much all the time with the really sharp grooves. So they can make these balls that don't spin at all with the driver because of the sharp grooves. They can make it spin as much as anything hmm. with the shorter clubs. So they have the ability to do what they like. But give them a golf ball that spins like it used to. They can't use the 10 degrees. They'll probably have to go back to using something 7.5 degrees. And the side spin difference from a 7.5 degree driver to a 10.5 degree, it's enormous. Mm. And if you're using a 7.5 degree driver with a ball that spins, then the cut and the hook comes back into play. And you'll find these guys are going to have to start using three woods off the tee for accuracy. These days... No such thing. Mm. The ball doesn't spin at all with these guys. They're so good. They set up so the ball doesn't spin. And when there's no backspin, there's no side spin or cut spin as well. The ball goes goes further and straighter than it ever has. So USGA, RNA, you're not doing your job as far as I'm concerned. Regulations needed, Marco. For the benefit of the player. And and, and the ball won't change for you and I. So the ball at the moment... If you're using a Pro V1, which I think you do. I use a TP5. You use a TP5. So you use a TP5 like I do. That ball doesn't change. That should be the standard. Mm. Maybe even make it spin a little bit more Mm -hmm. than what the TP5 does. That's that's what I would do. I would have a ball that spins even more than a TP5 or a Pro V1, and every player's got it. That's it. So Strixon can have their version, but let's say it's got to have 10 revs a second, Mm. 10 10 revolutions a second. I don't know what it would be, but let's say it has to when it's hit with this driver uh, at this club head speed and every ball has to conform to that, then you would find the golf ball wouldn't go as far with the big guys, would be harder to control for the big guys, but you and me and every other weekend warrior out there, the game would hardly change. Yep. In fact, we'd just get a little bit more control around the green. And we'd appreciate that. We'd appreciate that. <laughs> Makes the game harder for the big guys and... Brings other golf courses, the seven thousand yard golf courses. Yep. It brings them back in the play. It does, and that's and that's important. Yeah, I think that's important. Anyway, all that, right, that would Good be vent. smart. Good vent. That would be smart. Yes, but don't expect the USGA to do anything about it anytime soon. Because, because quote, yeah, the stupidest organisation in the whole world, in my opinion, <laughs> not the opinion of this radio station. That is in my opinion. <laughs> We're going to get to a break. Are we, are we, we spoke clear? about Rory McIlroy. We got that legal think before we, got, we came oh, on. I don't I think, think we did. I think our listeners understand that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we spoke about Rory McIlroy. He's changed his putter. I want to talk to you Ooh, about that. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that. That's next. big. So I want to talk about different types of putters and yep. what old mates listening out there yep. should be using. Let's That's next on The Clubhouse. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Yeah, welcome back. It is the Clubhouse right around Australia. Julian Bayard, Mark Allen with you as we talk all things golf. Marco just had to check that first seg off with the legal team. Yeah, we right? Are we clear? I think we're good. Good. 
think we're good. You, uh, the USGA got a few funds behind them just yeah. in case they can't I think they might be right from they a might, legal I reckon they'll leave us alone. Yeah, I think they'll be right. Now, um, equipment-wise, I love talking equipment yeah. with you, Marco, because everyone out there loves going to their local golf store and trying yep. out new putters, new drivers, new irons, new yes. gloves, golf bags, anything like that. Mm. But I found it interesting this week to read that this week's US Open was the first time that Rory McIlroy has all 14 tailor-made clubs mm. in the bag. And he's changed to Jason Day's famous putter. Now, putter. He, he's, he's put a... He, he started using this spider. Now, we've, we've seen the spider thing. kind of looks like a rocket ship. Yeah. But the, the square sp- sort of the look. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And there was a small one. Then there was one that got a little bit bigger. There's the Itsy Bitsy spider was the original one. Yeah. Which I had for a long time. Did you? And it was a great putter. Yeah. And then there was the... Next model, Monza, something then, like that. Then there was a big one, There's but they one, yeah. what they did, they all had the shaft that was a bent shaft into the neck, and it was always a face balance putter. Yeah. Now, generally speaking, the pros who have always been using you know an answer style putter mm-hmm. or a blade putter because it, when you when you hold the shaft uh, and you get the shaft to balance, you put a shaft just to balance on the finger. When you look at the club face, they fall at about a forty five degree angle. Uh, an answer. Yeah. Um, a blade putter might fall a little bigger angle, but most pros always like the face uh, angle type setup. They don't like the balanced mm. putter, and that's because most pros, when you when you use your body or your shoulders and your hands and arms are pretty much uh, non-existent, they don't move much through uh, yep. when you're putting stroke. It's all controlled by your body, your ribs, your your shoulder. Then naturally, the blade goes back on an arc and comes back to the ball. You know, the blade doesn't open up, but the putter head goes back on an arc. Mm-hmm. It opens up just a little bit, you know, comparable to the arc that it goes back on. Um, so what they like the feel of is when the blade slows down, they like the feel of the toe releasing, mm-hmm. which means that the past the impact, the, the putter actually closes up. So when you stand behind a, a guy who really putts well, and most of these guys in the modern era, the guys who use their body... And shoulders, the but they're the guys who putt well under pressure. So Jordan Spieth, uh, Jason Day, basically the two best putters we see out there at the moment. Really, very much body putters. Um, Dustin Rose is a beautiful body mm. putter as well, but not having as much success at the moment. Those guys who putt with their with their body, they're not trying to control the club head or the club face. They're not trying to take the club back square and keep the blade square and then coming back to the ball. They just use their arms, excuse me, they just use their body Mm -hmm. and their arms take the club back on the inside and come through. Um, So the the toe hang is really kind of desirable for that because you actually get a a nice feel of something. Um, So Jason Day went to work on this spider putter and they put what they call a plumber's neck in it. So there are some models um, of a Scotty Cameron putter with mm-hmm. a, just this tiny little neck that goes right into the toe and it gives it a lot more toe hang. But when you do it with the spider putter, you don't get the toe hang of a blade because the spider is a you know a big mallet type is what, is what you'd call yeah. it, a, ma- a mallet style. It gives you the toe hang of a answer, but the setup of a blade. So it's really unusual that they can do this now Jason Day used it successfully he went straight to the top as soon as he put this in the bag went straight to the top of the putting stats mm-hmm. then we see Dustin Johnson use it now you know guys like Marcus Fraser who's a beautiful putter he's put it in now when the PGA Tour released their stats this is the most used putter on tour gone past an answer yeah. style setup mm-hmm. that you know tra- traditionally everyone's using so the tailor-made spider is now 
the number one putter. It is. On the US tour. The fact that Rory McIlroy has whacked it in this week, Ooh. that's enormous. Yeah. I, I, like, I've got one. Yep. Um, I was always curious to, to use yeah. it. Um, I had a first go with uh, with Marcus Fraser's this time last year. Yeah. And the feel, it's really unusual yep. for the reasons I was saying before. The blood, the shaft goes straight into the area of the heel of this club, which kind of is exactly what a blade does. But it's got the face balance yep. of the answer, which we all love. Mm. So, you know, when when you when you put your seven iron down, because the shaft goes straight into the heel, it's kind of a look that we're all used to, mm-hmm. really used to that look. Um, but the answer, because the shaft would go down into a little bit closer to the centre of the club, if the, if that shaft continued then it is different. Yep. So here you've got a situation where you've got the same benefit of the slight toe hang of an answer, mm-hmm. but the look of the shaft going into the heel of a blade, and the blade club as well, but the performance, you know, with the you know, with all this technology yep. these days, a slight mishit with these huge mallet blades, the performance is incredible too because yep. the putter face doesn't move for slightly off centre putts. So Rory McIlroy stacked it into his clubs. He's now got 14 tailor-mades and using the TPX, probably a double X. You know, there'd be some special <laughs> balls made for him. Yep. Um, expecting the putt well this week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking it, forward to seeing it. Well, I've got, I've, I've got mine in the boot. You better come down and have a look. Yeah. It's a really unusual feel. Yeah. You'd like, you'd like the feel of it. You know, when you, the normal spider, the one that you've probably got at home, yes. or the itsy-bitsy, that's just a face balance putter. It, it just just feels face balance the way you go. Yeah, and that's okay. If if you are a hands and arms putter, and if you are a if you're the sort of person who tries to take the club back, the putter back straight, mm. and keep the blade square, then face balance. You have to have a face balance putter. Don't even try anything else. Just go and get a face balance putter. If you don't know what I'm talking about, or you can't imagine what we're saying, just tell your pro. Yeah. So listen, I try and I, try, I take my putter back straight. I try and keep the blade square. You try and line up the little line on your yeah, putter yeah, yeah, with the line yeah, on your ball yeah. and you that's, go straight back. Straight that's forward. what I do. Yep. And these idiots on radio are telling me that I should use a face balance putter. What is that? And he'll just go straight to the putter rack and say, these are the face balance putters. Yeah. Test it out. Yeah. So, um, look, I'm with you. The One of the most read things that I always did get is the uh, what's in the bag from some of the players. Oh, I love it. And more and more yes. people, John Rahm, mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson, um, Jason Day, mm-hmm. Marcus Fraser, an unbelievable putter, and now Rory McIlroy, mm. all using this thing. I think I think the feel and look will really suit Rosa. Yeah, I do. Well, I it's a big it's a big deal for Taylor Made Marker because now the top three players in the world no, are all yeah. using this yeah. one yeah. red, which looks bloody yeah. good too. Yeah. By the way, yeah. which is a big thing for a lot of people at home, <laughs> it looks yeah. really good. No, you got to stuff it looks good. Yeah, it makes you want to use it. Yeah, I, I've gone the dusty one. I've got the black one. So they, they, they go so far now. The one that Dustin uses, the one I've got, it's a little firmer face. Mm-hmm. So Rory, I'm not sure which face he uses, but the one that Jason uses, he has a softer face. So he's got a really soft face on this spider style plumber neck putter, mm-hmm. um, and he likes it red. And Dusty, and no lines either, by the way, on either Dustin's or Jason's. They just, they don't want a line. Yeah. Some players do want a line and they can, you know, if you're, if you're playing on the US Tour, you can pretty much get whatever you like. Yes, um, like you'd hope so. <laughs> so I've got, I've got one without any lines on it, yeah. which is, which was different for me because I always like somewhere where the, where the, uh, you want to know where the sweet spot is. Yeah. But it's amazing when the shaft goes into the heel like it does, 
you automatically just go zoop mm. and the ball's in that spot. spot. Where when the shaft goes into the blade of a putter in a different spot, you know, a center shafted, or I always find myself putting the putter on the toe, the ball on the toe, and you've, I always need that line to go, no, that's not the sweet spot. You've actually got to move it up a bit. Mm. So it's a different look, and that's why I think it benefits players. They're so used to hitting balls with the shaft going straight into the heel of a club. Now they have the ability with this new spider putter to get the shaft to go into the heel like they have in all their clubs, and it's just not an issue putting the ball right in the sweet spot. Yeah, It's, it's weird watching. It is watch, good, isn't when it? When you yeah. watch pros play, yeah. it is strange because so many of them line the putter up on the toe, the ball up on the toe, and it's only because where the heel goes into the into the putter head. Yep. Fascinating. No, it's I good stuff. It. All that stuff's different good. Different types good of fun. putters. Good. It is amazing. Yeah. You don't get that in tennis. No. This is the second week in row slag tennis off. I think it might be. I'm not yeah. going to go easy on tennis. You, you don't get this in <laughs> tennis, folks. You, you get this in golf <laughs> to where little bits and pieces, uh, the way a golf club's set up, yep. lies, lofts, mm. bounce, shaft flex, yep. grip size, length grip of length, your club. Length. Uh, don't offset. get it. Hey, I shouldn't have got you started. Offset. <laughs> you don't get that in tennis rackets. Yep. You just don't. We've got to get to a break. Plenty more clubhouse still to come, including your masterclass a little bit later on, so stick around. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Welcome back. It is The Clubhouse. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you. You can always podcast the show. Just search for The Clubhouse Golf Show on iTunes. Mark, I played during the week. Yes. And I uh, played with a bloke who... Hit it out of the bunker, I reckon, three times. Yeah. And put it within about this about six, six inches, inches. Yeah. every time. And he wasn't he wasn't that much of a flash cop. I hope he's not. Listening. Yeah. But what he was able to do, Marco, was he hit these bunker shots out and the ball had so much fizz mm. on it. Do you know why that is? And I wanted to know. I thought, I'm gonna ask Marco, yeah, how is this bloke getting so much fizz on his bunker shots? Because yeah. when I play a bunker shot, it bounces and just releases out the hole. So yeah. I've got to allow for probably three or four metres at run. Yeah. But so well, when you've got a tight little shot. Yeah, uh, well, it's very much dependent on the lie. Mm. And if the greens have any moisture in them, I mean, the the perfect situation to spin a bunker shot is one, a perfect lie mm. on firm sand, slightly upsloped. Slightly yep. upsloped, perfect firm sand. Uh, but two, into the wind helps. Yes. It helps a lot. Uh, and three, just a little bit of moisture on a soft green. And you get the ball to skid on the first bounce, coming down, and then it spins. But the reason the pros and some players can get that spin is because for a normal shot, let's say it's a, uh, let's say we've got that lie and we're only trying to move the ball ten meters, uh, you're actually making a swing that would make the ball go fifty meters. Mm. So you open the club face up, the swing speed that might make it go fifty meters. So when you open the club face up the ball won't go as far. Yep. When you cut across the ball like you're supposed to, like really cut mm. across it on a 45-degree angle, the ball won't go as far. When you blade of the club goes underneath the ball, doesn't hit it flush, goes underneath the ball and there is sand and uh, there's sand in between the club and the ball, mm-hmm. the ball won't go as far. So in actual fact, when you open the club face up, you're planning to cut across it and you're planning to go underneath the ball like you're supposed to in a golf, in a, in a bunker shot. That's right then you actually have to hit the ball almost three, four, five times as yeah. hard. So if you hit the ball five times as hard as you normally would, then there's going to be much more spin on just that little shot. If you do what most players do, which is stand square, 
Um, don't open the club face up. Don't cut across it and just try and chip it out of the bunker. Yeah. It doesn't work. No good. The other time it doesn't work is if you're in uh, for spin, spin out of the bunkers. Yeah. If you've got really thick sand or a bad lie, if you've got a bad lie, it's a totally different ball yeah. game. And I really sympathise with a lot of club golfers because they see the pros hit these beautiful shots <laughs> on the telly out, forgetting that they've got the most pristine lies in golf. Every bunker in the world. is perfect. Yep, Every one. bunker is perfect. Yeah. There's no footprints. Yeah. No one's just thrown the rake in. No one's just tried to wash it over with their yeah. foot. There's no puddles. <laughs> There's no puddles. Um, any flat spots or down slopes yeah. have gotten rid of before the tournament starts. They're perfect. So if you're a weekend warrior, you walk into a bunker and you might have a really average lie. And that means a totally different strategy. Mm. <laughs> if the pro was in there, just getting it out and let it roll to the hole is 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 the key. So um, I feel sorry for those guys. But look, if you do find yourself in a situation where it is a perfect lie, mm-hmm. and when you do your little foot shuffle, and even though you're not allowed to test the surface please, please, of the Marco, bunkers, <laughs> every professional and good player has been doing it for a million years. The little foot shuffle. We're just getting our feet gripped like you need grip in a bunker. What a joke. But you, you, you just do the little foot shuffle. That is essentially you're feeling what's underneath and the exactly sand. Right. So you'll know whether it's thick sand. You'll know whether it's a soft top and a really hard, firm base. Or you'll know whether it's perfect. You'll know from the foot shuffle before you hit a shot. That is testing the surface, which is illegal, which is two shots. But people have been doing it for years, so you might everyone as well get, do it as well, folks. Everyone away with it. You do it. I mean, it's just a habit for me. Every time I go in, I shuffle the feet. And before you know it, you know whether it's really thick, yep. perfect, or a soft top with a really firm base. Mm. You've got to do it, folks. Um, so soft sand, no spin. Mm-hmm. If you go in there and the sand goes up and you've got sand going in your shoe through the, you know, the top of the ankle spot, um, you, you're not going to spin that ball. Yeah. You're just not. It's not going to happen. But that perfect situation, if you cut across it, swing hard, um, open the club face up a lot, away you go. You know, for pros, mm. because the club has to go underneath the ball and out with acceleration – Pros don't use all the time swing speed to uh, equate that with how far the ball's got to go. They actually open up the club mm. for swing speed. The sw- a bunker shot you'll see on the TV, a lot of the time it looks like the swing speed's exactly the same yep. and the ball goes different distances. It's because they get so good at opening the club face up to judge their distance. So if I only had to hit the golf ball five metres, yep. that's, that's where I had to land it out of a bunker, I would use the same swing speed as I would if I had to carry it 10 metres, but I would just open the club face more. Yep. And they're the ones that, you know, everyone goes, wow, how'd you do that? And the ball stops, spins. Well, you've got to hit it just as hard. Yep. The ball spins just as much as it did for the five, but it's only gone five, so it's actually landed softer with just as much spin. So that's that's the way the pros are doing it. So once you really start, I mean, and the best thing is to, no one does bunker practice. No. No one ever, <laughs> ever. does bunker. No one does bunker <laughs> practice. But if you did have, if you did find a bunker, you've actually got to find a bunker to do some bunker yeah. practice too. If you, if you do happen to find a bunker, it's amazing what a hundred balls in a bunker does for you yeah. and just trying different things. You know, I'll open this one up a little bit more. And you guys, yeah. oh, that, that one didn't go as far. Mm. Well, maybe I've got to swing a little bit faster or, you know, get a little bit longer. Bang. Oh, okay. okay. That one came out. And, you know, maybe I'll try this really long one. Oh, I can't hit that really long one with an open club face. Uh, well, maybe I'll just use the 53 degree for mm-hmm. these really long bunker shots. You go to your bag and you, you get the 53 <laughs> out. You go, wow, that works. Yep. It's incredible. What about for that 50-yard shot? Well, th- there's nothing wrong with uh, being in a bunker 
uh, and having a 50-yard shot and using an 8-iron yeah. and exploding it out with an 8-iron. There's nothing. Tiger Woods does it quite often. You know, for those really long bunker shots, and it pro- Tiger would use an 8 or a 9-iron. I've seen him do it before in this maybe 70, 60, 60-meter 60 situation in soft sand. You know, there's no chance of clipping it out perfectly. Yeah. So you might as well get the 8-iron out, open it up, and plan on an explosion shot with an 8-iron and just letting the ball run to the hole. Yeah. You, you're never going to perfect it, but you'll get a, a better, better result. Shot. A better result. All right. We're going to get to a break, Marco. That was the first of two masterclasses today. You got another one. I want another one to finish. Right on. Marco's Masterclass. Yeah, we finish the show every week with a free golf lesson from Mark Allen, and it's all for Club Mandalay Golf Course. Around a golf with your mates, play golf at Club Mandalay. Book online, clubmandalay.com.au. You can save 10% on your round when you use the code CMGOLF on the website. Right, it's been brought to my attention that a lot of people who are turning the hips now to try and get the bigger shoulder turn. Yes. It's just not quite working for them. Now, this happens, if you've had no shoulder turn for a long time and you're turning the hips, mentally, your swing knows to stop when the shoulder gets to about that spot. So you've got to do two things. One, the arms don't take the ball away. We've been talking about this a lot lately. The arms don't take the ball away. You get your right elbow tucked in, Mm -hmm. get your right elbow close to your belly button and turn your elbow and your arms away with your, your waist and your belly button. Now, People have been doing that thinking that that's going to fix their shoulder turn issue. It won't because your muscle memory says you dictates your shoulder stop there. So once you've started the club away with the elbow close to the belly button, tucked in close to the belly, once you've started away with the hip turn and the belly button turning the arms away, the last thing that should happen in a golf swing is the shoulders move to the chin or past the chin. So you've got to do two things. If it hasn't been working for you, the turn away, you haven't been getting a longer shot, and you haven't been getting the consistency, maybe it's time to bring one more thing in because I know a lot of people, uh, if you've been swinging with a short shoulder turn for a long time, and maybe the arms are the last thing that happens in your backswing, then you've actually got to push that shoulder through as well. So once again, folks, if you're just new to the show, right arm tucked to the belly button, the belly button and the waist turns the arms away, Mm -hmm. and then make sure that left shoulder gets past the chin to the chin or past the chin, and then you're away. Then you'll have a very different backswing, and you'll have one where you haven't used your arms very much. And if you haven't used your arms very much in the backswing, your arms will be in front of your body, all set to go, Mm -hmm. because we know that's where good shots and consistency comes from, the arms and the body working together, not against each other. Love it. So turn the hips, turn the hips, and get the left shoulder past your chin. Perfect. That's easy. More that's, distance too, I've found. More distance. And consistency. Yes. And I bet people are starting now to get balanced finishes as well. Yes. If you don't have a balanced finish, I guarantee it's because your hips and your body are going way, way too early and the arms are lagging. So the arms lag, then the body has to stop, then the arms catch up, and then the arms go past the body because the body stopped, and then you've got no balance whatsoever. Yep. So the arms don't do much in the backswing. It's all hips, and then the left shoulder going past the chin. Reverse everything if you're a left-hander. Hit the golf course, play golf, Club Mandalay, clubmandalay.com.au. Marco, enjoy the rest of the U.S. Open. Yeah. If you can. Come on, Aussies. If you can. Come on, Aussies. We'd love to see another U.S. Open winner. Oh, yes, please. Only David Graham and Jason Day at the moment. We need someone else. Get up there. Good on you, mate. All right, we'll see you next week. See you.